We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Oh, don't do an intro. Don't do an intro. Just do this. Don't, no, just do this. Because then if you cut right to it, that'll be, that'll be good. So here's your intro, okay? Is I am devastated because Kristen Stewart, as you know, is engaged and is going to get married. And she just did the red carpet at the Oscars. And she looked amazing, amazing. And I was just emotionally devastated because I'm the one who's supposed to be marrying her. And, you know, her fiancé was off to the side, just kind of smiling. And, you know, that's supposed to be, be supposed me. To I'm be supposed you. to be the fiancé. You know, yeah, with the wife who's going to win the Oscar. And I, I was just really emotionally devastated about it. And I was talking to my mom about it. And she's kind of like leans back and she goes, yeah, but I don't see how that would work because aren't you both bottom? And I, I said, um, so I think it would work. And she goes, oh, you don't think she's the bottom? I said, no, I, I think she is. And she goes, well, then how would it work? I said, um, you know, it just. I think it would. She goes, I, I don't know how. I said, it, it just would. And she goes, what? Are you like, are you like a switch? I said, no, no. She goes, well, what else is there? And I'm just like, I mean, at this point, my, my self-esteem is completely shattered that, you know, I don't want to be having this conversation with my mother anyway, but that she doesn't even know this much about me, that it's not obvious about me. I'm realizing that it's not obvious to anyone who talks to me. So I'm finally this goes on for a long time. This is the shortened version. It went on for a long time. And then finally I was like, it's because, uh, you know, and she goes, Oh God, are you a top? And I said, uh-huh. and she goes, Oh, I thought you were too lazy to be a top. <laughs> and then, so Thanks, she kind of had a while to think about it. She kind of had a while to think about it. I still never said the word. I never said it. I didn't acknowledge it. I was just cringing the whole time. And then after a while, she thought we were just sitting watching TV for a while. And after a while, she goes, well, damn, I'm impressed. <laughs> okay. That's the best way I could have possibly ever uh, intro you. Uh, That's better than the intro. Now you tell them all about me and my fascinating life. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you tell people, my listeners, about that. So this is Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood <laughs> film industry for the greater good. And I am so honored to have Tucky Williams on with me to talk about, well, her and her movies and her career. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I'm so glad to see you. Yeah, glad to meet you too. This is really cool. And uh, and you're also a Southerner like myself, being from... Um, um, from the high south, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're North Carolina, but we still like to claim yeah. that you know we're the South-ish. Um, the high south as opposed to the deep south. So tell us about you maybe growing up in Kentucky and what was that like in... Uh, you know, going there eventually to Mississippi State, if you don't mind. Oh, Kentucky has been great to me. I've loved it. I think when I was young, I wanted to get out more than anything. Um, I wanted to live in Toronto with the other part of my family. Me in a big city because everybody wants what they don't have. And everybody, I think when you're a kid, you just want bigger. You know, even if you're in a big city, you want to be in a bigger city or something more exotic. So all I want to do is get out. Of course, now I realize I was in the best place I could ever be. And I still am in the best place I could ever be. I think the South is tremendous. It's a part of me. It's a part of who I am. It's a part of all the work I do. Uh, I love being here and making movies here is very economical. Yeah. And I, I don't have to be around that, the the machine, the system. I can do whatever I want. And I don't have to kiss up to anybody I don't like. 
No, there's 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 something to that. That's that's that, that's a very big um kind of getting to choose what you want to do. There's there's a lot of um freedom in yeah. that. Yeah. That's that's really oh, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um okay, awesome. So um so you went to Mississippi State University, according to the little thing that I did, the five minutes of Googling before you hopped on here. Uh, and you was a, you were a I went to the University of Kentucky. I'm sorry? And then I went, I went to the University of Kentucky mm-hmm. for my uh, Bachelor of Journalism degree. And then I went to Mississippi State for my degree in meteorology and climatology. Okay. And so you went from, from meteorology to acting? Yeah, well, I went from journalism to meteorology to acting. Oh, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> and then on to being a director. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, which yeah. one do you, do you have a role that you like better being the actor or the director or? Well, I think I most like writing. And then the second thing would be the acting. And then, which I don't like, which is the thing I end up doing the most is the directing, but uh, producing is good. I really like producing as well, but you know, I don't like directing because it's, it's such a chore and such a task. But I think like when you're good at something, it just finds you and you end up having to do it. But if it were up to me, I would just do the acting part because that's the easiest and then writing's most fulfilling. And it's just great though when you finally get a project all together and you have something and you're like, yep, here it is. I'm ready to show it to the world. So in the end, it it kind of doesn't matter. But I, I do like uh, I got to show up in my friend's movie Clown Nightmare and all I had to do was act. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so fantastic. This is so easy. And yeah. I could just wait until it was my turn to do a scene. And in the meantime, I could eat. <laughs> that was great. I was well rested and refreshed and ready for my scenes. I'm like, gosh, these actors have it easy. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, having worked on a few projects, nothing nearly as um, successful as yours, I should say. Again, all very low budget stuff. Um, I can always tell a difference when when we had a, a director actor versus just a director because the stress level always kind of went up a little bit on set when they were doing kind of both. And uh, yeah, I can, I it's, can... it's, it's hard because um, nobody has, I mean, I feel like there are people who go, hey, I'm not going to bother her because obviously she's really busy directing right now. But then there are like probably just as many people who don't think of that. And so people will just, you know, because I mean, it's fine if I'm directing, people can come up to me and say anything. That's, that's I mean, I'm still really busy, but if like you're acting, you're trying to kind of stay in your zone, right? And so, but people just will come up to me with the most stupid, stupid things. And that sounds like I'm being a little bit harsh, but one time there was, I was doing a scene, I was acting, you know, we said cut and somebody walked up to me. There was a coffee cup on the table in front of me and he picked it up and handed it to me and goes, here, Tucky, here's a coffee cup. Why? And I, I mean, I was just so absent-minded. I had to see behind the scenes footage of this later. And I picked it up. I was like, oh, thank you. And I like took it and put it somewhere. But it's like, why would you do that? Why would you hand somebody a coffee cup? <laughs> like, what, did I not look busy enough? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, so it's stuff like, like that. And then like, you know, I want people to be like, should I wear this or should I wear this? And, um, you know, it's kind of like, just um, if I say that, like, we don't need to have a big conversation about it. <laughs> Just, yeah, you know, so it's, it's much easier to do one or the other. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, I really, I could tell when people were trying not to bother me and I really appreciated them. On the other hand, those are the people who probably had the really good questions for me. So it's tough. Yeah. 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 I get yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, all right. So here's one question that I'm actually kind of excited to ask you about. So I do a movie podcast, and uh, those that are listening to this who are 
you know the main listeners to my show, they know that I'm a huge Trek fan. I'm a big oh, Star right. Trek fan. Yeah. And I see that you too are a big Trek fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have to ask. So who's your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite? I'm going to ask you who's your favorite character, and then I'm going to ask you who's your favorite actor who's done Trek. Um, Uhura and uh, Zachary Quinto. Yeah, tell me about mm-hmm. that. Um, so Uhura, because what didn't she mean to so many people? Yeah, the character. And how lucky we are that in 2009, the character was brought to life brilliantly and given a backstory and a history. But, um, you know, there was just no representation for my gender in science fiction. And, you know, so to be able to see her and to be able to latch onto her meant everything. You know, I have my Uhura dress. I don't know if you saw that, but that's the thing that I wear. Have you seen my Uhura dress? I have not. I'll have to look for that. But, okay. We're, people are just going to have to wait a second. Okay. Here. This is amazing. Uh, oh my gosh. I did not see this. I, I thought that's why you were asking me is because you had seen some of the pictures. No. Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. Hey, I need to stand back really far. Um, see, this is my horror dress. <laughs> I can't get back far enough. No, that's great. That's great. That is the coolest thing ever. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. No, there are lots of pictures of me in it. It's, um, it's the best thing in the world. Wait, I have to have my picture somewhere. Do you want to see another picture of it? Sure. Okay, hang on. Okay. So this one is in a frame. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's lovely. You can see the ring light reflection in there, but that's okay. Um, you can still see me. it. That's really great. Oh, you're even doing like the the the, the, the pose that um uh, Zoe Saldana that, does. That's thank awesome. Thank you. Yeah. The first person to realize that. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Again, you're talking to a Trek nerd. Like, I mean, yeah, she does it all yeah. the time. She's she does it on. Being first person to know that, and then um, I have my uh, hang on here. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay, well then, let me just move this chair. Okay, then I have my Carol Marcus dress, which I just had to clean. Here's Carol Marcus. Nice. That's light. That's nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. And then here's the, uh, here's my uh, Captain Kirk dress. Oh, my Ben Kirk. That's very Jane cool. Kirk, you know? Jane Kirk, yeah. <laughs> they call ben Kirk. I don't, but there are lots of cute pictures. I mean, I'm going to get this pictures in this with the ponytail and, and uh, I, yeah. So here's the Kirk. It's, you know, it's the correct shade. Sure. Yeah, right? it you is. You know about how they were going green, but then they turned yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So then, yeah. So I have Uhura, I have Carol Marcus, and I have um, and I have Femkirk. So Femkirk still has to happen. Uh, <laughs> you've got me really excited here. Oh, okay. Are you kidding me? This is, this is the, I, I never expected this. This is amazing. Like, you have completely made my week. Okay, here's the final. Well, I mean, I have all my Star Trek stuff. That's in the other room. And then here's, here's my... that is so (laughs) awesome that is amazing that is so awesome i'm so happy can you tell yeah that's great it's a lovely photo of you too that's so great (laughs) if it uh, i almost want to go get my trek shirt on and then we can match Ah, i have all my little uh toys and stuff and you know the hardest part is badge yeah can't wear the badge no there's just a solution for that because the badge is too heavy i don't 
I don't know how they do it in the movies. Sure. Well, that they, I think that's just, that's crazy. But yeah, so those are all my dresses. And then that's the, I have other stuff too, but I have like, you know, the ray guns and the tricorder. That's amazing. That's, that's yeah. again, seriously. Oh, the only thing I have within reach, unfortunately, is this little, uh, this little Captain Kirk uh, Lego guy that I have here. Oh, yeah. nice. He's the, yeah. only, he's the only thing I have within reach. Everything else is, well, of other nerd cultures. I have Star Wars. I have, um, this has turned into a very strange podcast, but I also have my um, uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead right there and, and my baby Groot. So that's what's, that's within the Oh, cool, range. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the my, only Star Trek people I've met are um, Brent Spiner and Greg Grunberg. That's cool. Yeah, I, I never really cool. like went after the Trek people because I was so shy. But then, like for those two, I had to. Yeah. <laughs> but I've I've stared at a lot of them from far away. <laughs> well, as you do, you know. As you do, yeah. yeah because I would do the horror conventions, and sometimes Star Trek people end up at those. Yeah. So I, I was always like too shy, but then like when it comes to certain people, I can't be shy, and I just have to go and be a fan girl. But yeah, I I got to meet uh. Brett and so I you know I feel like there are a lot of women who are jealous of me and I'm okay with that sure well I'm jealous <laughs> of you you're kidding jealous of yeah I'm, I'm jealous yeah. of you for those awesome pictures that you have those are great oh thank you thank you yeah um well gosh I mean honestly I could almost end the show tonight and I'd be completely happy with that um, well I mean and like like I mean it's just such a cool thing that Star Trek just brings so many people together and the message of Star Trek is so beautiful. Uh, it, it's, uh, I, I would say, you know, people are always asking me what my favorite movie is and I have a list, but one of the things I often leave off the list is because it diverges into another thing. And like, basically the question is why is, I would say my, one of my number one favorite films is Star Trek Into Darkness. And the reason is because it has absolutely every single thing in it. I mean, there's even a musical number in it, but you have every emotion, excitement, action, thriller, comedy, there's a lot of comedy, drama, a love story. Um, and then you're crying at the end, like you're really crying, you feel a uh, grief. And every single beat of those, it's all authentic. I mean, you're, you're happy, you're, ha you're feeling empathy, all of these feelings, they don't jolt around, they earn each one of those emotions authentically. Star Trek has meant so much to me in my life. I think, you know, I watched The Next Generation with my dad and we bonded doing that. And that got me to really think about science. That's what prepped my brain for scientific study and working science into fiction writing and making world building, but doing it through these uh, technical ways, these ways that made it real. So you're not just going, oh, I'm making a fantasy world. It's like, no, you have it grounded in these realities. So for example, I mean, the series Dagger Kiss, which is about uh, like this medieval fantasy world and everything. But instead of me just making the Lord of the Rings kind of thing, by the way, I like this just fantasy thing. I went and I researched medieval history and I learned all this stuff about the culture and the clothes. And no, I didn't use all of it, but I took from that and built from there. And so that, that's the thing you take from Star Trek is learn, you know, understand science and then write science fiction from science. And so when I was doing my historical fantasy stuff, I... I started with knowledge of medieval ages and went from there. But more than anything, I think the great thing about Star Trek is that it touches everybody's life and absolutely every human on earth can find a way to relate to it. 
every story, there's there's somewhere there's a Star Trek story that was written just for you. And if you're like me or like you, there are dozens that were written just for us. But uh, anybody can write a Star Trek. I think anybody can join that. You don't have to come from a particular way of life. And, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't even really know what they were talking about, but I was all in, right? And, I, you know, my, when I would watch it with my dad. I'd watch Next Generation. Every commercial break, he would have to record it because every commercial break, he would have to stop and explain to me what was going on because I was too little to understand. So he would be like, well, there, this is what this happened. He would, so I learned all about time travel and all this stuff. And then we'd been watching Next Generation for about three years. And then finally I go, why is that guy's face so white? And I mean, I was a little kid, but my, my dad is really sweet, but he finally looks at me and he goes, he's an android. And I said, what? <laughs> He's an android. What? <laughs> my dad was so offended that I've been watching it for three years and didn't know that Data wasn't human. That's that's really lovely. Oh my gosh! And like, I can see you. So for the people that are only listening to this, it's it's. I, don't, I hope they can hear the emotion in your voice talking about this. Um, it's funny. I kind of have the same similar reaction when people say, "What are some of your favorite movies?" And I'll say Star Trek, but I'll just say Star Trek. You know, and if they ask me, oh, which one, then I know that they know what that means. But otherwise, they just go, okay. You know, it's like, oh, well, there's 13 mm-hmm. of them, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, What's your favorite? So my favorite um, of the original 10 is uh, six, Undiscovered Country. I love Undiscovered Country. Um, I know most Trek would say Wrath of Khan, but Undiscovered Country to me is... Is there a little bit of intrigue? There's, you know, there's the court stuff. There's an assassination uh, attempt. No, I agree with you. I agree with you totally. Yeah, it, uh, to me, it's a little bit more. Um, Who says Ralph Khan and is under seventy? <laughs> well, a lot of Trek fans that, are, and I know some that are listening to this will probably yell at their phones. But oh, and, and Wrath of Khan is great. Again, it's an all-time great. Um, but of the new three of the, um, I think, I mean, maybe it didn't age well. Maybe at the time it was really great, but I, I, I disagree. I don't think it is one of the greats. That's okay. I think it, um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, whatever. Everybody has their opinion. I love it. Oh, but again, yeah, I six. That. That's one of the kind of like shade. I wasn't throwing shade. Oh, but no, I, I know I, you weren't. I, I know you weren't. Right by saying that was that if, is that if that's not your favorite, I totally get it. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. That's where I was going with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You're fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> though, again, some, no, I'm not going to say that. But well, I will say this, but uh, Beyond is my favorite of the new of the new three. Um, really? I love Beyond. It it so when you talk about crying at the end of, of um into darkness, I yeah. I was weeping like big ugly tears when Spock Zachary Quinto is looking at the picture of the cast oh. from Star Trek Six yeah. and it's you know, it's it's that tribute for Leonard Nimoy and yeah. Anton Yelkin. Like I was bawling in the theater. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was intense. Yeah, it was intense because they were real. You know what I'm saying? It's not just that the characters As passed; but they were real like, people, and you uh, got to see them what they would have been. Yeah. So it was. Um, again, I'm I'm going to stay here for another moment, but Leonard Nimoy, his passing was one of the only, you know, celebrities. Who mm-hmm. whose life when he died like affected me, you know? Like you hear about, mm-hmm. I mean, you work in the industry, so you actually know these people. So you have different relationships with them. I'm just a guy that worked, you know, what I do in in IT. But like, 
So when you hear like, oh, Betty White, like that's awful. Like it's the worst, right? Mm-hmm. But Betty White didn't affect my life like Leonard Nimoy did because Leonard Nimoy, like you said, it gave me an outlet. You know, Star Trek gave me a, a home and a place. And um, so that's great. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for sharing all that. That was that was amazing. Really is. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to clear it all out of here. Oh, I it's... didn't realize it, it was all very wrapped up. If someone's just listening, I had it all very. It's got to be protected, you know. I uh, well, yeah, I do. I I really do. Um, yeah. The 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 only precious piece. So okay, last two things, and then we'll we'll move away from Trek. Uh, the non-Trek fans are yelling at me, and I don't care. Um, my two. Are you things, kidding? If we tag the Star Trek on anything, like it'll get so many more views. Well, every so every episode I do uh, on the podcast, I have my Star Trek connection. Every episode, okay. I will find a way to to connect it to Star Trek, if I can. Yeah. Because um, there's usually always an actor or a director or the composer or something, you know. Um, so the two kind of pieces, the things that I have that have the most memory to me. So one is, you know, my dad, I got into it because of my dad also. Mm-hmm. And my first uh, memory of dad saying to me, son, come with me to the theater and we will go to the theater and watch a thing. And it was Star Trek Generations. Okay, and, yeah. And so... Not not a great film, but I love it. And I love generations. <laughs> I, I I do because of the memory with my dad, you know. Um and then What's the that sec- thread called that runs through space. Mm-hmm. What's that thing called? They call it the ribbon or that they're trying to jump back into? Yeah, they call it the ribbon or nexus. the nexus. The nexus, yeah. Yeah. Um it's a good movie. It's, I mean it's not great, it's fine. It's it's a good trek movie. It's like a two hour episode. Of a thing, but it's. Uh, I think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. You know, uh, again, I saw it when I was pretty young. I mean, who are you making the movie for? Like grumpy old adults like us, or for you know, kids? And I'd rather make a movie for kids. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing was, um, so my dad is of the age where he's super into records and albums and vinyl and stuff. Mm-hmm. And about ten mm-hmm. years ago, I bought him the the soundtrack, the the James Warner soundtrack to Wrath of Khan, and. <laughs> And in it was in the sleeve is a was a whoever previously owned it didn't know what they had. It was a you know not very many were made. It's a poster of the motion picture, so it's the full motion picture poster. Ooh. So it shows Kirk and Spock and Ilea and Decker and I think Sulu, and then on the back side of it on the back side of it, it has all these production notes and pictures and behind the scenes stuff. And like, I don't know how many of those were made, but uh, I have it framed also. It's not within camera or reaching distance, but it's, it's one of the precious things I have. Fantastic. Sorry. It's my daughter. She's putting her book away. Oh, good night. She's still shy. You want to come <laughs> over and say hi real quick? No. Okay. Good night. Sorry. She's putting <laughs> She's doing her job. She has to put her book away. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, gosh, I don't know where to go from there. Again, I'm so, I'm so stoked by that. I just expected that to be a five-minute little moment, and we just move on. Um, yeah. That's really great. So uh, I think also, the, I think the, in the, I guess I would consider, even though I've been in it for a long time, I would really consider myself a new tracker because that's what really – I don't know. It's just, I mean, I guess I have been a trucker always, but 
New Trek is what did it. And I feel like what brought me into it was the relationship between Spock and Uhura. And that's how I learned about slash fiction. <laughs> and that's how I, so I just, I, you know, I think when Into Darkness came out, I would stay up all night reading <laughs> romance stories about Spock and Uhura together because that, or something about that that was so magical. Yeah. I think, yeah, that those two found each other. I was really kind of, in, uh, I was, in the moment, I was really surprised when they did that in the movie because, mm-hmm. I, you know, it was it was kind of sh- shocking seeing him, you know, kind of <laughs> kissing Zoe Zaldana over yeah. there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a thing. But, and like the look mm-hmm. that Chris Pine gives is priceless. He just kind of has that look. It's it's great. Yeah. Um, like now, how did that nerd get her? Yeah, yeah. Like how could I? I couldn't get her, but how could he get her? Nerd with <laughs> no social skills. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I like best about those movies because you talk about the romance, and I mean, that that was that's my favorite part of it is the relationship between those two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, Sorry, I'm playing with my hair a lot. I got it cut yesterday. I haven't had it cut since I haven't had it cut like nine months. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm I'm enjoying the visualization of it. I feel bad for those. That <laughs> okay, get to... I just keep moving it. Like, no, it's what fine. Is this new hair. I, I, yeah, as as a, a dude that has very little hair, I'm slightly jealous, but only a little. Oh, oh, well, just eat your protein. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's the thing. Um, okay, so is uh, again, I, I'm I'm all kind of discombobulated now. That was great. So well, we can talk about Star Trek the entire time. That's I mean, we, fine. we probably could. I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. else wants to, but I mean, I'm fine with that. I mean, I have a whole bunch of notes here about you about things like you love chocolate ice cream as your binge food, and um, you you did kind of a, you talked about um, Rise of Skywalker and. Uh, I have a note about a seizure warning and some stuff like that. I have some, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, lots of notes. But I mean, again, if you want to keep talking about Trek, I'm. Oh my god, your notes sound amazing. What What are your biggest questions? I'll just answer them really quickly, and we'll get back to Star Trek. Oh, okay. Uh, biggest questions question. sound awesome. I'm like yes. <laughs> well, I mean, like so, some of the things I have here are like um, uh, some like so I have uh, um a link, which I haven't clicked on because I've been talking Trek with you, like your favorite songs. Um, you're a Sherlock fan. Like you love Sherlock. Um, the, 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 the series or the movie with Robert Downey Jr. Cause I love them both. I think they're yeah. all great. The series. series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are great. I think it's like the first three seasons. I feel like everything kind of changed after that. So they made the port, the movie, the Christmas special and the fourth, the fourth season. And I feel like it's been different ever since, but the first three seasons I think were pretty awesome. Yeah. They, I agree. The fourth season got a little too dark, I think. Um, it was sort of like a satire of itself, I felt. Yeah, I can see that. It was like the same... It was like somebody was trying to write a copy of a Sherlock series. And it was just like... like okay, but anyway, I, I, I enjoy the first three seasons very much. We have nine really awesome... Which they're basically... Each episode is basically a movie. Yeah. So we have, have nine truly wonderful Sherlock Holmes movies. Uh, let's see, uh, a couple other things that I, I have some of my notes here. Um, mm-hmm. one of, one I think is re- interesting for you to talk about is you have a kissing phobia. Yeah. I think I'm over it at this point. 
but um yeah I didn't really like you know kissing all these people and then I had to for the tv show but honestly you know it's been 10 years of me kissing people <laughs> uh you know I get all these stupid comments like oh she has the best job in the world it's like man you know generally by and large when you're kissing someone it's someone you want to be kissing yeah as opposed to someone who's been cast as a character and maybe you don't have any physical chemistry with so it's a little <laughs> yeah it's a little yeah, uh, yeah, I I do get that. Is is you know I I again we had we had seen we had kissing scenes on set and the two actors mm-hmm. did not like each other. Oh no! Like just tell didn't the straight up didn't tell like each other and it would you could tell on camera. So you know, oh. interpersonal chemistry makes a big difference. I mean, uh, I, you well you have it. to fake it. You have to fake it if it's not there. Yeah, or um, you know, act. But, but I, I guess I didn't enjoy faking it. Yeah. I get that. Um, uh, let's see. Last few things. But I remember it now. I'll kiss anybody. It's it's fine. Sure. At the time, it was a thing. I didn't want to catch diseases or anything, but now I'm just. Well, now that everybody never caught anything, but I'm. It's fine. Yeah. Any. I mean, like, I guess now that we live in the time of COVID, I mean, any any kind of reservation there, or are you just like. Well, I'm not kissing anybody currently, but I did get mono. Um. I just, it's funny. I got mono. I didn't know until it showed up on a blood test. So maybe I should be scared because now we know that mono leads to the Epstein-Barr virus. And I probably wouldn't have gotten out if I hadn't been kissing all those, all those actresses. Yeah. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is I got mono and had no idea. Wow. I just kept doing my thing. Sure. It, it had no effect on me. Like you're supposed to get really sick if you have that. I didn't. Okay. Um, that's a bummer, but no, it's your job. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I guess, you know, it's, it's an occupational hazard, I guess, right? I mean. I misspoke. It is the Epstein-Barr virus. It leads to MS. That's what I meant to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeesh. Yeah, that is. That yeah. Is so I don't have that to look forward to. <laughs> but no, people had told me because I had thought I had mono. And they're like, no, no, if you had mono, you would know you'd be really sick. You wouldn't be able to move. And apparently, I just had it once and didn't even know about it. Mm. So maybe I should have been more cautious. Yeah, but I mean, you, you still had, it was your job. So, I mean, were you going to tell the director, which like probably was you some of the time, that you can't kiss her, you know? so There was a, there was one point where I was like, I wasn't, because, I mean, I was, tech, I was a showrunner. Like, what does it mean when you're the showrunner, right? Are you the director? So I was showrunning. Let's just put it that way. And there was this actress. I was just like, look, I'm done kissing this girl for the rest of my life. I said, it's just to the, the guy's, the guy shooting it I was like I'm done kissing this woman for the rest of my life I don't want to after her she's a lot she was lovely she was great I just did not want to kiss her again nobody knew everybody thought we were so great together but I was like I don't want to have to kiss her again for the rest of my life you shoot this so it looks hot I don't want to have to touch her <laughs> so they did that <laughs> now I go back and look it looked great they did a great job but now I look back at it and I go man that could have been so much sexier but I was just I just had enough. You you had enough, yeah. Had enough. Um, that that that's the quote there. She had enough kissing. I like it. Um, but just that one person, yeah. Sure, but sure. you know, like that was that was two years into it. Now that it's been ten, I'm fine. Yeah. You're a pro. That's awesome. I'm a pro. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, last few things here I have, really, because uh, we've kind of touched on some of these things. Um, 
And, and I don't want to just ask questions that I know you've been asked before. You know, I want to try to do something different. You know, I mean, I'm sure you've probably been asked a hundred times, how did you get your start in film filmmaking? No. <laughs> no, no one's ever asked me that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure no one has ever asked you that. So I'm not going to ask you that because they can go listen to somebody else's podcast. Um, but I will ask you is what drives you to keep working in film specifically with the subjects that you're you're choosing to do? Well, you've heard that thing that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life, right? Mm -hmm, of course. Well, some of us have this thing and it's either a blessing or a curse that there's something that we have to do. Yeah. We don't have a choice in it. And so that's what the answer is for me is that I absolutely just have to do it. There's no other way around it. I have to be making movies. Now, when I started with Girl, Girl Scene, it was because I had this deep-seated desire to birth these characters into the world because I knew they needed to exist. I wanted to make a difference in the world, and I wanted it to be this way. I didn't see myself anywhere on television. I didn't see the people around me anywhere on television. So I was like, I'm going to make this happen. And I remember at the time, it was I felt it with every fiber of my being. This went on for years. And then when I made the fantasy series, it was the same thing. I had to make a fantasy series. And with the girl girl scene, which was the that was just the regular uh, lesbian dramedy, <clears throat> the uh, <clears throat> the deeper issues were always sort of within sight. And so I was making the fantasy series, and I was so into it, and uh, I didn't realize really what the deeper thing was until after I had finished it all, you know. And I realized it actually did have deeper meaning. Uh, I just hadn't put it together until after I had I had it had all come out and then it was like, Oh my God, this is what it was really about. And this is, this is how it's going to make the world better. So my character, um, sort of in the dagger kiss fantasy series is ostracized a little bit because she, she, uh, can kill people just by touching them. This is a horrible thing. So she's kind of all powerful where she comes from and she's kind of like worship, but nobody wants to get near her because she could kill them. So she feels very, uh, She's kind of stressed about it. She feels very left out and stigmatized, even though she's still treated well. People are afraid of her. And, uh, you know, I realized after it was done that it was completely, completely based on my epilepsy and having epilepsy and having gone through that and having had that feeling of people being afraid of you, afraid of touching you, you know. So uh, that's how that went into writing. And instead of making a, a drama about having epilepsy, I made a fantasy series about the same the internal feelings of having epilepsy wow that's powerful that's some powerful stuff um you asked a good question oh well thank you i i tried again i i know you've done several other interviews and um I just, oh just a few <laughs> yeah yeah i've watched a few of them and you know i don't just want you to have to repeat the same stuff um um so you're, we're talking about the Dagger's Kiss. I'd like to talk more about it because um, I guess I was told specifically, uh, I guess when we, when we uh, I connected with your agent um, mm -hmm. and he was telling me about you and, and he helped trying to get this interview set up, he told me that Dagger's Kiss was, was removed. It was kicked off of Prime, um, but now it's back on Prime um, uh, to rent. Um, can you know? Can you talk about that? Are you allowed to talk about that, or want to? About Tiger Kiss getting yeah. kicked off Prime? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, they decided it was. Uh, I guess the lesbian content was too obscene to be on Prime. I, feel, I I don't know if you've seen it, but it's 
I pretty much made it with a PG rating. It's like the tamest thing you've ever seen, but somebody, reviewer there decided the lesbian content and it wasn't suitable for children under the age of, for anyone under the age of 18. So uh, you have to pay for it if you want to see it now. That's a bummer. Cause like there's, there's, well, it's, I'm going to go on a tangent and I apologize. And if this goes somewhere, great. But did you see turning red? Mm-hmm. The, the Disney, uh, the Pixar thing where the girl turns into the red panda. Um, I didn't see it. It's a, it's a lovely film and it's about a girl who's 13, who's going through puberty. That's what it's about. It's about a girl mm-hmm. learning about her body. It's just, they form it into a way that she turns into a giant red panda. Um, okay. And there are people that have a big problem with that. And I'm thinking, this is just nature. Like, I don't understand, like, this is a thing that's going to happen. You're okay with this movie here where they're killing people left and right. But this thing that is just, you know, biology, I, I guess it's another way of saying I'm with you. I don't, if, if it was a dude kissing a girl, no one would care. But I think, right. I think you're right. I think it's still, even in 2022, I think it's still considered taboo, which is, I think, unfair and unwise and ignorant. Well, nothing's changed. If anything, it's gotten worse. The only difference is that people are less likely to say it publicly how they feel about gay people. So, you know, you say, oh, it's 2022, we should be past that. I mean, it's worse now than it was before. When I started, it was way better. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's a bummer. I don't know how to put it. It's a bummer. But, um, yeah. Uh, now I feel all, all bummed out and I don't want to... <laughs> you can edit that out, yeah. you know? No. Well, we can, but it's, I mean, it's 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 just funny. Sometimes I talk like really politically about stuff, you know, like about my stuff being censored or taken down just because it's gay. And sometimes I just have fun in interviews. So I can do one kind of interview or I can do the other kind, or we can just switch it up and do both. But I mean, um, I think, I think the only time people sort of get sort of puzzles and we start out having a fun one and then it gets dark, then they're like, oh no, what have I done? But, you know, but it's like, it's, Sometimes it starts out dark and then turns. This is what usually happens. It starts out dark and ends up being really fun. So, I, you know, that's that's sides of my story. You know, yeah. if you want to get to a place where things are good, you have to have gone through hell. So I love talking about the hell I went through. Uh, it's important. It's part of the journey. But I mean, also just like having fun because you gotta enjoy the spoils of it, right? Yeah. 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 Well, God, yeah. I mean, we all, yeah. We like you said, we all, we all have our, our bad places and whatever, and. Sometimes we have to talk about it. You sometimes you just have to talk about them, um, and that's that's good. Uh, I don't. I'm not worried that the show this this thing has gone into the dark place. I just, um, just bummed out is all. Uh, but there oh, we go. Oh yeah. Well, we can think about other stuff. You well, know, you don't have to think about it all the time. Oh, I know. I don't, and I don't, and I'm, I'm sure you don't as well either. Um, and I oh, I do. <laughs> well, and I also don't it's want. Always on my mind. Um, okay, so we're gonna. We're going to kick this back over to something else. Uh, I do have also one of my notes that you're a horseback rider. I can, yeah. You can? Okay. So, like, you don't, like, it's not a thing you do often or whatever? or No, but I can get on a horse and I'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's good to know. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm from Kentucky, so you kind of have to. Yeah. If you grow up here. Yeah, it's like, like I think everybody rides in Kentucky. Like you don't even have a car, right? You just take your horse down to the thing. Like like even Ubers are just horses, right? With other people. On. I think it's just that anybody at any time can jump on a horse and pretty much it'll work out. <laughs> I, I believe. I, I think so. Like everybody I know, it's like if there were a horse and like that was the only means of transportation, you'd be okay. Sure. Yeah, that's how it is in Kentucky. You you know, and sometimes people do just walk around on their horse. <laughs> Well, I mean, I well, I live near Charlotte, North Carolina, so I live far mm-hmm. enough away from Charlotte to say that I usually just say I'm from Charlotte because people know where that is. No one knows where Monroe is, but mm-hmm. um, I live out pretty far enough away that um, across the street from my neighborhood is a horse farm. About 300 feet that way is a gun range. So at any given time, I'm hearing both horses, chickens, and guns. So... You know, it's uh, yeah, it's the wild west sometimes. Okay, yeah, Back- covered. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, last two questions I have, and then we oh, can yeah. just whatever because <laughs> I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, okay. who are some of your heroes and mentors to help you along your journey? Spike Lee, uh, uh, Ilyasa Shabazz. <laughs> uh, who else? Um, so many people. Um, Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I was slowing down. Usually, I highly like I just prattle them off. Well, let me. Let me them. I'll change it this way then. Excuse yeah. me. Um, I was at a keynote speaker one time, and the the gentleman said, "I don't want to name drop who it was, but it was a guy." that we all know. Um, he said, every successful person needs to have a cheerleader and a mentor. And sometimes they're the same person and sometimes they're not. So if you're willing to share, who would those two or single individuals be for you? Likely in my mom. Okay. I assume your mom being your cheerleader. cheerleader. That, sounds, that sounds negative though. How about total emotional, mental moral support <laughs> sure my mom mentor would be spikely yeah that's cool so you've worked you got to work with him no no oh okay no, you just you, you just get to look up no to he's the, but he's the only reason i'm here um so i i saw i i went to a spikely lecture when i was 11 years old i asked my mom she's like what <laughs> i mean she was cool with everything i wanted to do it's just i i she didn't know I knew who he was or anything. And so went and saw him and wow, that changed my life. And then I, I got to say hi to him afterward. But, you know, that was two or three hours of me learning about filmmaking and learning about how extraordinarily difficult it was for him as a black man to be making black movies, you know, movies that had predominantly black casts and just the hell he went through doing that and that totally prepared me for the hell that I was going to have to go through. Basically, like there was no reward at the end. You know, you're just going to have to push and push and push and push and push. And the only reward is getting it made. And then you just got to go and make the next movie and go through the same thing all over again. So there's no like, oh, there's no Oscar. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't get, you don't, there's no, oh, I did it. No, it's like, no, you push and push and push and push and push. You did it. 
the joy is in the fact that you got it accomplished. And then you start all over again and you go through the same thing, you go through the same BS, the same hell. And uh, that, that's the process though. You, you've got to be in it for all of that stuff. People write to me, they, how do you do it, Tucky? I want to do it. I want to do the same thing. And you know, if I, <laughs> I tell them they're, they don't ever like my answer, you know, which is that you're going to have to go through hell. You got to be ready for your life to be a total living hell. And if you want to do that, uh, cool. And you know, then they go, okay, well then how do you get the money for it? I'm like, you don't, no one's going to give you money for anything in life. You, you know? Yeah. And then they're like, but I don't have money. I was like, well, you know, I didn't, I don't have money to make a movie. Like, <laughs> I don't have money to make a movie. You know, it's going to give you anything. You got to work for all of it. So they only go through hell and no one's you just got to do it all yourself. You got to do it all yourself. And uh, it's the hard, 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 hard work. With I'd say the opposite of a reward. I mean, you really just get scrutinized and basically picked apart and uh you know with him it was the case of just this constant reminder that everybody's fucking racist in hollywood and for me it's just this constant reminder that everybody fucking hates gay people everywhere so are you ready for that you ready for that like every day of your life getting like really just shot in the gut with that all right you're ready to make movies if you don't want to make gay movies there's an equivalent it's hell it is hell it is hell it is hell uh that's the price you pay for doing something that you love okay <laughs> i um not to bring it back to tra- to star trek but i i am um i am really impressed with the new seasons that they've been doing on star trek discovery and having okay i haven't seen that one i've only i only watched the first season of picard um discovery's pretty great it, it's pretty yeah. great. Yeah, I th- I think it's pretty mm-hmm. great. And they they just recently cast last season and going into this season they have two. Oh, I hope I get this right. If I don't, uh, they have two non, non bi. Oh gosh, is it non binary? They don't identify as a gender. Okay. Uh, I I don't want to be uh, impolite, but um, but that shows kind of they're kind of breaking some some. Their Trek already breaks barriers, right? And I think mm-hmm. they're continuing to do so, which I think is pretty pretty incredible but they also have the weight of paramount and the the <laughs> memory of of um my brain is completely gone right now i have i have gene simmons in my head which is not right gene roddenberry my gosh um but they have his memory to kind of help help drive that you didn't have that you don't have that so that that kind of makes what your struggle and what you what you went through um and going through, yeah, yeah. And, and going through, continuing to go through, yeah. 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 Um, are you working on a project now? Are you are you are you uh, beating the bushes to to try to get a? I have so many different things going on, and I'm, I just can't talk about any of them yet. But I'm so excited, and I'm so happy. Things are very different now. I'm being extra cautious. My priority, if I do anything, is that nobody even has a chance of catching anything. I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, we're all going to get it. No, I'm, no, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that anyone I know is not going to get it. So I, I mean, it's just meant we've had to change a lot of stuff and do things differently. And my career 
path has definitely changed. I remember after I made my last movie, it was like, when are you going to make another one? And I said, summer of 2020. And I was really ready to go. Like, I mean, that was my life. Summer of 2020, I was going to have this new thing going and I was ready. And it was, and then it just, and then I just kept, you know, and I knew right away. Cause I, like, I follow the science on this stuff. I was like, oh man, we're, we're screwed for the next few years at least. And, you know, but I mean, part of me is going, God, I hope this just passes and I can still make my, my <laughs> summer movie. <laughs> but uh, you just have to change stuff, you know, have, have more, you have to have a COVID nurse now, which I don't even know how to get that. But I know if I do make a production again, I'm going to have to have a COVID nurse and I'll, you know, a bubble um, and everything. But, you know, one of the cool things is that in this business, you can be pretty safe if you keep everybody in the bubble and you keep testing people like you're going to be safer doing that than you are going to the grocery store. Um, so that's, that's an upside to this, but I don't have anything in terms of production wise plan, but I do have a lot of new avenues I'm exploring and new distribution areas. Just a lot of good stuff coming up. That's great. That's, that's, that's mm -hmm. awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to end on this if that's okay. Um, and if there's just anything else that you just got to tell me, then by all means, or if you want to pull out some more Trek memorabilia, I'm great. But I, I always like asking people this and we kind of, uh, teased at it earlier. Um, just what is your favorite movie? Oh, well, I talked about how I liked Into Darkness a lot. <laughs> what else can I say about it? Uh, so that's oh. your favorite movie, not just Trek, but like, that's your favorite movie. There, there are, I mean, there are some that are my favorite. I mean, I would say like, objectively speaking, Pulp Fiction's, I think the best movie ever made. Like my personal, my personal favorite, Jackie Brown back there. Yeah. I also like Terminator 2. I like Aliens. Um, they're just some really good stuff. But Star Trek Into Darkness, I say would be like the fifth. It, it, it's in that group of top five. That's cool. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's it's hard to narrow it to one. Um, and you you know, you're, you're, um, Taste change over the years. For the last uh, about the last ten years, my favorite film has been Serenity, um, the okay. the Nathan Fillion <laughs> space western. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that look right there is the look I usually get is when I tell people. Yeah, that. no, but I mean, at least I know what you're talking about. I'm sure most people don't know it. No, they but, don't. They usually don't. So yeah, if I, I watched the series, I didn't see the movie, but I watched the series. Oh, you should the movie. The movie's great. It's so good. It's but they kill the guy. I'm not going to say anything. There's no spoilers. They kill the guy. I, I can't deal with that. No spoilers. It's like the best character and they kill him. I, I don't want to. You should still watch it. It's fantastic. Um, okay, and okay. and I, was, I was also one of the people that watched the movie first before. I didn't even know there was a series. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I didn't even know there was a thing. I watched the movie first, fell in love with it, found the series, fell in love with it. And... Quite a concept. It was, you know, how many, I don't know how many episodes I was into before I realized, oh, it's a Western. <laughs> just masquerading as an outer space thing it's really yeah. just the west it's it's uh and and um joss whedon has basically admitted that that nathan fillion's character uh, malcolm reynolds is what he wanted han solo to be like it's his version of han because like you know how you know the whole controversy han shoots first right like they went back and yeah. edited it well in yeah. in the movie not only does malcolm shoot first there are th three people who are unarmed that he shoots so he wanted to make sure that there's a there's a distinction there. But I think it's really important to have unlikable characters because there's this unwritten rule. Oh, there's a written rule. A horrible book came out called Save the Cat, which said that characters had to be likable. 
And I think if your character isn't allowed to do bad things, then that just means you're a shitty writer because there are other ways to make bad people fun to watch and interesting and make you root for them. I think about how many bad guys in movies are that you're on their side totally, right? So this whole, I'm pretty sure the editing of Star Wars came after that horrible Save the Cat book came out. And no, I mean, you can, good people, you can have really sympathetic heroic characters do horrible things. And I think if you can have somebody do something horrible, like kill someone and still make them lovable and wonderful, that's a really important accomplishment. Yeah. And, and I agree with you with the, the, the idea about the bad guy, right? Most movies, especially like in this day of comic book movies, most, most movies are surrounded by how good is the villain, right? Like, when you say best comic book movie ever, most people, not all, but most would say The Dark Knight because of Heath Ledger and his portrayal of the Joker. Um, but <laughs> you're laughing. Is that you wouldn't you wouldn't go there, would you? I had so many Joker arguments. I just had a Joker argument last week. No, no, I don't think that's the best comic book movie. I don't either. I'm just saying many people think that. What is your what? What do you think Ooh, it is? Are these people? These are the nerds I, I hang out with. Them. I do a podcast with them. Who? Well, your, the other your fellow the, podcast people. Mm-hmm. Who are they? Men or what? Yes, yeah. Most of them are dudes. Uh, a few, few women. Not on my show, but um, who? What would you? What would you say? Your what is? Which one is, would you say is then? I'm curious now. Oh, comic book movie? Well, <laughs> Unbreakable. <laughs> That's such a good film. Oh, I love Unbreakable. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great film. Yeah, best, best. Um, I mean, for me, it was Red Sonja when I was little. Why not Conan the Barbarian? I mean, I would watch Conan the Barbarian, any, any Conan movie over any Batman movie any day. Okay. Like, yeah. And, uh super what about like the what the uh superman with uh christopher reeve mm-hmm. that's pretty great i pretty mean age accessible to everybody yeah it's yeah it's a good movie it hasn't quite aged as well as some other movies but yeah it's still pretty good i mean i think women don't like the dark knight interesting because it crosses the line into like silence of the lambs scary like, uh, you know, there's a, another thing about how horror movies got too scary. Like in the 80s, it was Jason and Freddy and uh, Michael Myers, Michael Myers. Right. And then all of a sudden they got too scary and you had Hellraiser. And I feel like uh, it's Silence of the Lambs too scary. And I feel like the Heath Ledger Joker is too scary in a way that makes women uncomfortable. And I, I, don't, I don't know that it doesn't make men uncomfortable, but I'm just saying speaking as a woman and just other women I've talked to, it's kind of like. You know, it's just it's just a little bit too ooh, like like it kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit. Not taking anything away from his performance, which yeah. of course is wonderful. I'm just saying, I think I think the the thing that the reason I'm like about the Dark Knight is because I just think women are kind of irked by it, and it's a little bit too much. Okay, well, yeah. you know, I and then Bane was like, oh, movie with Bane just I can't understand Tom Hardy anyway. I can't understand a word that man says. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I didn't know any. I didn't know anything he said. The whole movie. I just like I gave up. And I and I like that movie the best of all of them. But I'm just saying, I gave up. <laughs> I was just like, I 
I don't know what the fuck the guy's saying. We're that's, just gonna. That's actually my least favorite of those. I hate the Dark Knight. I think it, the Dark Knight Rises. Really? I hated it so much. I was. That's the closest I've ever come to walking out of a theater. I was so. Oh no! Yeah. Was I, it because of which one? Dark Knight Rises. It was mostly because. But anyway, what was it about it that made you want to walk out of the theater? So what I liked about the first two is that they felt kind of real and grounded, right? The, you know, the he's mm -hmm. he's he yes he's a billionaire, but they built that thing over there, and they actually built that thing, and he can use that thing. Like it all kind of felt real and grounded. But then this one, it goes into they they create like a nuclear reactor underneath uh, Gotham, which no one would ever do, and then. He just gives this stranger yeah. <laughs> the keys to it, which again no one would do. And then he gets sent to prison in a hole in the ground. It's just a hole in the ground. Like if it rains, do they all drown and die? Um, but that's the one where he got sent to prison. Yeah, he goes to the prison. That's the hole in the ground. He has to climb I up. That was and the first one. I thought that was Batman Begins. He does go to prison in Batman Begins too, and he beats up all the guys and stuff. But the hole. In the, I thought the hole in the ground was in Batman Begins. No, the hole in the ground is the third one. He has to. Because it's the whole part about Batman Dark Knight Rises. He has to rise up, and it's it's as it's oh. as non metaphor as you can get. I mean, it's it's as it's that's as, the thing where he breaks his back. Yeah, that's in that movie. Yeah. Okay, then never forget everything I said. Yeah. That didn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense at all. That didn't make any sense. I thought that was in the first one. No, I had in my head that, that was in the first one because I was like, that was the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. No. When he goes, no, okay, the, he, I think that back. Yeah. That was Christian... weird. Why was he in that hole? I don't know. B Bane put him there for some reason. I don't understand why. If you've broken his back, why just kill him? Why send him to the hole in the ground? And right, and like you also can't recover from that. Well, yeah. As a guy who's had back surgery, like I get that. Uh, I mean, uh, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to go. In like that. if you're just strong enough, <laughs> you know. Well, and the guy, all he does to fix him is just punch him in the back. I mean, yeah, that's... yeah. It's good thing there was a wizard down there. <laughs> yeah. It's American medicine right there. Just get punched in the back. You'll be fine. Um, okay. I don't have any other questions uh, to ask. Um, this has just been really lovely, and I have really enjoyed our time together. Is there? Oh, um, thank you so much. Me too. Um, I was excited enough. I just feel like I kind of just started talking about Star Trek. And like that. I'm just really happy about my, my dresses. I mean, there's a whole room full of it that way. Like, a closet's that way. And there's the Star Trek room is that way. So. You, you you have literally no idea like how full my heart is right now just like talking to someone else that loves Trek like I do and isn't ashamed of it and has these awesome photos and dresses and stuff like I'm I'm just blown away I really am um I just I just I have this wonderful problem which is that people keep giving me badges <laughs> you know people you know fans of the show will send me Star Trek badges and it's so great. I have, have every different kind and now they make the magnetic badges, mm -hmm. which is great. So I had, I had it all set. I had all of them with the pin on. Now I have the magnetic backing. I need now, I, but I mean, it's so, I have this whole room full of Star Trek badges. I love it that people send that to me. And you know, like I said, I have the, I got the gun from into darkness this huge thing somebody you know a fan gave it to me is this massive in the darkness gun that yeah. Khan has in the beginning and you know it flips and oh yeah i don't know yeah, if you yeah. remember oh. first seen it it's this complete 180 i bought it no and they they bought it for me and sent it to me it was just a model like it didn't work it didn't shoot i was so mad but anyway i basically have all 
all the Star Treks, all the Star Treks. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And I used to have some of the original series dresses, but um, you have to have every, you have to have everything tailored to your body if you're going to do the Star Trek thing the right way. You have to have everything custom made, like, yeah. and you have to have it cut. And I mean, you buy it, but then you have it custom tailored. So I couldn't, I could never find a one of the old style dresses, you know, with the 60 skirts. I could never find one of those that was small enough to, um, you know, small enough and tall enough for me to fit into. So, um, but darn it. I, I'm just still going to find them one day somewhere on eBay. <laughs> sure. Oh, well, yeah, eBay yeah. is the place for it. Um, please tell my listeners where they can find more of you, uh, like your Twitter account or anything like that. Uh, this is the chance for it. GirlGirlScene.com, TuckyWilliams.com. But the best way to find all of it is to do a Google search or any kind of web search on my name, Tucky Williams, and like everything comes up and you'll just be able to scroll down and see all of it. Awesome. Um, yeah. And, I, and then I, you can type in Tucky Williams Star Trek and you'll get a whole bunch of results. Oh, I'm I'm definitely going to have to do that. That's just the Yeah, you put on images. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, that's it. Uh, I, again, thank you so much. Huge thanks to Tucky Williams for joining us on Cheap Seat Reviews. What an amazing interview, and she was such a lovely person to just sit and chat with. Uh, if you are, are curious about what some of the things that she was showing me, go check out our YouTube page where you can uh, see all the, the things that she was showing me. I know it doesn't work very well for the podcast, but if you want to see what she was uh, showing me, that's the best place to do it. Go to our YouTube page there. All right. In the meantime, you can also go to our website, cheapsreview.libsyn.com, where you'll find links to all of our other things, including our YouTube page. And, yeah, so thank you so much for this bonus episode, and we will see you next week.